There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hi, welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watch The Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell. With me, as always, is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm good, Kai. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. I'm out of work, which sounds bad, but it's because it's intentional. Taking some time off uh, before going to school in like a week and yeah, getting stuff done. I, I've made so many phone calls and done like so many email responses. It's nuts. Yeah. You just get stuff done when you don't have to go to work. Yeah. And the time leading up to going to school is the worst time. And I was going to use that sentence as a segue and I couldn't find it. So anyway... <laughs> Perfect. Love you, Jim. You're doing great. I also forgot to look for a Oh, I was intro. supposed to t- tell you to wing it. That was actually information I should have told you beforehand. Okay. So, uh, Philadelphia, former Philadelphia improviser, now Portland improviser, it's Kristen Shear. Hey, Hello. everyone. I'm back again. Yes. This thank you. Yeah. We appreciate you coming back. Um, you sounded very excited uh, about this movie. And now after watching it, I see why. I very much so see why. <laughs> oh, yes. The Dark Crystal is everything. It's everything. <laughs> well, that that leads to a good that leads to our big question, which is what is your relationship with The Dark Crystal? I associate this movie most closely in my mind with my Aunt Chris, who is my namesake. My Aunt oh. Chris um, sort of introduced me to the genre of like fantasy. She had me reading like this book called The Belgariad which is about like a young wizard's quest across all of these lands. And of course we bonded over Lord of the Rings and that whole trilogy. So that's the flavor of my aunt. Like she always was into fairies and um, all of this like magical quest stuff. So um, along with uh, the sword in the stone being one of our favorite like Disney movies, Mm -hmm. This is one of our favorite, like, Muppet movies, uh, The Dark Crystal. So, yeah. Uh, Oh, also uh, The Black Cauldron, which is another kind of deep cut, like, Disney movie. But, yeah, so this is, that's that's my aunt, my Aunt Chris, uh, Mm -hmm. is my relationship. And then recently, I found out that a contemporary of mine when I was at school, uh, when I was at college at the University of the Arts, fine institution Mm -hmm. there in Philadelphia, Mm-hmm. Um, someone who was a couple of years ahead of me, but who I knew in school because he was my resident assistant, uh, actually worked on the Dark Crystal remake for Netflix. Yes. Oh, no way. Yeah. And uh, he's like all over the making of Netflix. His name is Ted Biaselli. Get it? Such a fun person. And uh, like apparently is, you know, hobnobbing with the, all the big movers and shakers out there in L.A., and uh, it's so great to see Ted doing well. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Any opportunity to hang out with Muppets. Uh, right. I'll take it. Like, literally, if it's just for, like, three seconds, I'll take it. Let alone work with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. I also get, like, even even if it is, like, I, I know this is a bigger role uh, within Dark Crystal, but, like, even if it's, like, a small role, I do always get, like, a little bit starstruck when I meet people who have worked on something that I'm familiar with. Mm. Yeah. I I wish I had an example off the top of my head, but that it does happen where like uh, you'll meet someone and they'll be like, "I was the production assistant on uh, Smokey and the Bandit," and I'm like, "No way! That's so cool." 
I you tell got coffee. You, all it takes is going to an improv festival in Canada. And then mm-hmm. what you'll see there is like tons of actors who get hired to do just everything mm-hmm. all the time because they actually support the arts in Canada. So if you're an actor, you can you can like make a living and 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 all of that. And and I just know so many um actors from and improvisers from Canada who are like all over commercials. Okay. My my boyfriend's tired of me just going like, hey, that's uh <laughs> <laughs> you know. yeah. No, that's amazing. Uh okay, everyone move to Canada. Um that's what we're doing. Everyone get going. I mean, that's where my family's from. I don't understand why we came to New Hampshire. We should have just stayed up there. That sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> I it's funny because I, I get that moment even when I don't know the person. Like, I remember when Donald Glover first started getting really big. Mm-hmm. And I had watched him do, like, Derek Comedy, like, way before he was on Community or did Childish Gambino or anything. Or anything. And as soon as Community came in, I was like, oh, I've seen that guy. I've seen the videos he's on. YouTube wasn't that big back then. And I I, I don't know Donald Glover, but I still had the like, oh, I'm so proud of him kind of yeah. moment. Heck yeah. Right on. Wait, you don't know Donald Glover? I thought everyone did. He's... My, well, funny story. My sister's ex-boyfriend met Donald Glover because he went to do a show at Drexel. And then... He, he was uh running the show and then like sometimes when that happens they don't you don't necessarily meet the the talent <laughs> but he uh he said he just turned around and was like oh donald glover hi uh i like your stuff <laughs> i'm running the show tonight goodbye <laughs> that's so funny like one time i was at a like an improv festival in boston and this troupe was playing um that Edie McClurg is in, and if you don't recognize the name, if you've ever watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's Mrs. Poole, the, uh, the the secretary for the principal okay. uh, in that movie. Okay. Uh, and, and she's just like, she, she was also the next door neighbor on a sitcom like in the late 80s, early 90s called Valerie, I think. Uh, and uh, She's Mrs. Poole. She's like the quintessential like character actor. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm like I'm like sitting and we're like there's a mirror down there, so we're like doing our makeup and chatting and getting ready. We're downstairs beneath the main stage, and I had sat in somebody's spot that wasn't there anymore, and uh, uh, it was like it was Edie McClurg's spot, and she's she's like, can I just grab my? And I was like, oh yeah, yes, please. <laughs> like I, I was like instantly starstruck and she's oh, yeah. just the best and the sweetest and super funny improviser too she's really good yeah oh wow she's been in a lot of things yeah 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 i have uh a, okay i have one geeky one and one weird one uh i well i want to want i bumped into andrea gibson and that was just like a starstruck moment because i just really love their poetry and i bumped into them at a whatever like one of the annuals like poetry slams in boston the other one i had the one with like andrea gibson that was uh awkward because i waited on her and i was kind of just like hey how's it going and she was just happened to be like in the world like i asked her how her world was because that's my weird way of asking how are you and she's just particularly been having like the worst week so like she cried and i was like oh so sorry <laughs> yeah but also super starstruck and i was just like i just made her cry i was like i don't know this is, like, weird connection to some like celebrity yeah 
I mean, you made a mark on a person. Like, even... I. <laughs> Have either of you ever made like Kai? You just said it, but like, have I, have either of you ever made a strangers cry? Like, not necessarily like like upset, like you are angry or something at them, and they cry because of that. But like, they just get emotional in front of you. Uh, strangers, no. Um, one time I was on a subway, and and this sounds so like pretentious, but uh, <laughs> this person was crying, and I I just looked at them. And they cried a little harder and they were like, I'm so embarrassed to be crying right now. But I don't know if you know me, but I know you. You you teach at the improv theater and then blah blah blah. And they and they were just having like a really bad day. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they felt safe to tell me about it just because mm-hmm. they had seen me before and they know improv and they know like the tenets of improvisation, which means that most improvisers are gonna behave with like empathy and acceptance and probably warmth just because of you know the guiding philosophies of that of that creative form you know i feel like people who don't really vibe with that don't really hang out long or don't really feel like welcome to so they're kind of like all right cool i get it i'm out (laughs) like oh i'm the asshole and they're like yup everyone's like yeah (laughs) yeah get out yeah check peace there's a certain like like you said it where you do feel like a little pretentious saying it but there's like a little bit of like a special oh, wow, this person felt comfortable enough with me to be able to share a very vulnerable moment uh, in their life. And it's 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 strangely comforting for yourself because you feel a, like a comforting person. I, yeah. I, ha- I have a reason to be a little bit upset about it because I performed poetry. I'm, it was a re- probably one of my harder ones and like the, the deeper cut ones. And it made someone cry and then write a poem inspired by it that beat me a year later in a competition, <laughs> like oh, no. their inspired <laughs> poem by my sad subject that they used for their poem beat mine. And I was like, all right, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment, but also what the F. Right. Um, it's fine. I'm not bitter. No, I, that was it was nice. I it is a weird thing, especially when you when you come off uh, stage with some like especially when you kind of performed something a few times. Um uh, every now and then you'll do more of like, a, I remember why I wrote it right beforehand. You're like really, really, really connect to it. But then sometimes you're just like, all right, it's performance night. I'm going to do this. And then you do it and you get off stage and then someone comes up to you and tells you how much it means to you. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That thing I just did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I don't know if you've ever like autopilot performed before, but that I didn't realize I made an impression on someone when I was just like, all right, that was like my C minus. I was like really tired from work earlier, but <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but this person, <laughs> some some reason, made a connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, I guess go to the open mics or go to the random competitions. You never know if you're going to make someone beat you at something the next year and inspire them. <laughs> I feel like that might happen sometimes with people who make a lot of art, where because sometimes it sometimes something could just be a job, and then they're just like, I just. I kind of just wrote it because I had to. And then that means a lot to a person. And then that person gets to be like, oh, my God, what headspace were you in when you wrote this? And they're like, uh, I was thinking about that paycheck I was going to get at the very end of it. I'm so sorry that it doesn't mean as much to me as it means to you. So I have a kind of uh, a real uh, maybe forced segue back to Magic Crystal. I think we might okay. be on the same page. The Go ahead. Crystal. Sorry. Um, and that is inspired by like just making an impression on someone because – the illustrator for it, Brian Froud, um, mm-hmm. a uh, Jim Henson just saw one of his 
one of his illustrations and kind of pull, I think the story is like pulled him from obscurity to be like the massive art director of this. And they re-engaged him for the, for the, the reboot, like, you know, 30 years later, which is I think super cool, but yeah, you never know. Like one of your drawings is out there. Someone like Jim Henson sees it. uh, And there you're off to the races. That's, that's how some of my friends have gotten discovered. Like they've maintained a blog, which is the most mm-hmm. like nope. throw throw your artistry into the wind and see if it, <laughs> you know. And then they got they got uh, asked to like submit uh, sample uh, sample scripts or you know for for pilots and 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 for for shows. You know, like it's crazy. So so just I guess the main message is do your art, do your thing. You know, and someone is going to take note. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I, I think that's, I think that's cool. Yeah. Cause a lot of people always get that. Like, um, I think we all, <laughs> we all have that feeling of like, Oh, we'll be in a restaurant one day and someone will come up to you and be like, Oh my God, you're beautiful. You're exactly what I need in my movie. And then, <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is, Oh, who did that? That happened was... in our episode of fair deal, Jim. Sarah did that to us. Oh, <laughs> I was, I was going to say that's actually how Rosario Dawson got famous. She, uh, her first movie was the movie kids which is a very uh, dark, disturbing movie from the 90s. And it was just, she was sitting on a stoop and uh, Harmony Corinne, I think is his, I think that's how you say his name, uh, just went up to her and was like, hey, you look like exactly what I need for this movie. Do you want to be in it? And she was like, sure, I'm like 17. I got nothing else to do right now. Let's do this. And then she became <laughs> world famous actress Rosaria Dawson. Yes. There you go, yeah. Jim. I, I, I have a hard cut. Some some things actually about Brian Fraud's designs. Um, if if that's okay. Okay. So apparently, like there was a miscommunication between Jim Henson and Brian because like, uh, Jim Henson said the dark uh, chrysalis, like referring to the like you know the skexist like dominance over the world. But Fraud heard crystals, so like. That's what, but I came back with a bunch of drawings and they were like, all right, fuck it. Let's do this. I guess <laughs> we're going to go with this storyline. This sounds like fun. That's uh, crazy. I love that. If that's a lie from the internet, I'll I'll keep it. I'll, I'll tell more people that. I mean, this would have been a much different movie if it was about like metamorphosis rather than just a crystal. Yeah. I feel like. That's like representative of everything. <laughs> there's, there's some other absurd thing where, what is it? Um, So it was. Conceptual artist uh, Brian Fraud and puppet designer Wendy, uh, like, Medinser? Mediner? Uh, Met on the set of this movie. Uh, They got married, and their son Toby Fraud uh, is actually, like, he worked on The Dark Crystal, the TV show from 2019 as a designer. That's fucking awesome. I I think he was the baby in The Labyrinth. No way. That's awesome. Oh, I want to be the baby in Labyrinth. That's not fair. (laughs) What a fun fact to say. Yeah, I want to be the one they sing about when they're like, you remind me of the babe. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited. We are going to watch that uh, and do an episode. I haven't seen it. Jim, you have? Yeah, yeah. I watched it a couple years back. Cool. I'm excited to revisit it when I'm in a better headspace than when I'm a 19-year-old scumbag. <laughs> Wait, what kind of headspace do I need to be in when I when I watch this? Well, don't well, be 19 years old. It's trippy. Okay. Well, yeah. Don't be 19, and it's trippy. So I'll I'll figure it out. I'll go into it. I'll like hang out and like have some ice cream in like the middle of the afternoon and watch it. Is that a good time? Yeah. Good. 
It's a lot of like, uh, oh, uh, who's the main actress? She's very famous. I, I forget. I forget. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. It should have. She, yeah. She does a great job of being very uh, Jennifer Connelly. That's right. it. She does a great job of being very like, all right, I'm in this world. I have to deal with it. But also, this is a little weird. I'm talking to a worm right now. I, I, <laughs> spoilers. Don't tell me that worms are in this movie. Uh, now you ruined it. I was so excited. Don't worry. He, he's like a guide. So he shows up like immediately in the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're not like a killer worm like Tremors. Are they like no. a nice worm? No, it's not no, turned. no. It's not anything like that. Okay. <laughs> I'll take friendly worms. Yeah. I think he has the famous line, I'm just a worm. Like, no, he which... says, I'm cow that way. And then yeah. he cuts back to him. If she'd have gone that way, she'd have gone straight to the castle. <laughs> 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 which is where she was going. Uh, so he sent her on a very circuitous roundabout route. And he's the cutest little character. I love that character. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even know what the creatures are in the in the the Dark Crystal. They're all they're all a lot very of upsetting. Ones. Yeah. Oh my God. Agreed. Yeah. I had a hard time. One of them, I, I was like, it it reminded me of a Koosh ball, and that was the only one that I found endearing. Other than that, I was like, all of these are terrifying. Yeah. The 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 Gelfling, which is like kind of like the one of the main like characters, the the protagonist Jen mm-hmm. yeah. is a Gelfling. Um, the 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 puppeteer, who's an incredibly gifted puppeteer, got a lot of crap for their work with the Gelfling. And then she talked about it in the like in the series remake. She's like, look, I, I'm very good at puppeteering. I, I can accept my mistakes. But when you have just a tiny little head, mm-hmm. there's nothing there's not much you can do. And right. especially since they're not like monsters or some like kind of other creature they're meant to be like human-esque uh they they don't have like these wild giant eyes or big expressions so she they they ended up looking very uh like very like plastic like i i think they're the most upsetting looking in the entire thing i mean they're jarring yeah in comparison but they fall into the uncanny valley that's exactly what I was just going to say. It's, yeah. it's a little uncanny valley where you're like, oh, it's just not quite a human. That's so weird. And the way yeah. they move is because it's just a, it's a, for a lot of shots is just a person in a, with a hat with a helmet on. Like, it's a very odd looking thing, which I think adds to the fantasy. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know the puppeteer got crap about it, though. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, a little bit. Break, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that. That's like so. The the, I I was just watching stuff about how they made those puppets, and it's it's crazy. I mean, I give a lot of uh, credit to the people that like uh, handled the the mystics, or somebody want to give attempt to say it's a uru. Oh yeah, I don't know. I forget exactly how to pronounce what they really are, but they, everyone was just like, yeah, let's just call them the mystics. Um, there's another name for them. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it took me a minute to realize that I had seen this when I was a kid. And by that, I mean, I think I turned it on and I went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Easy uh, to do. Easy yeah. to do. And I, th- I think I did that as a, I'll try to think. Yeah, because I was, because this was made five years before I was born. So I'm trying to think like, this was not like a, this must have just been hanging around. 
because my sister watched it. Yeah, that makes sense. This was definitely yeah, it was one of made my, in like, '82. Yeah, yeah, so was she. So yeah, this was like <laughs> must have been like a gift from somebody. Like, oh, you newborn? Here you go. Like, here you go. Just just yeah. watch this movie together. So she grew up on this movie. Uh, no, but I I as soon as I saw those uh, vulture bird lizard things uh, with nice slash not nice clothes. Uh, Skepsies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. Especially the. The dude who just is like, and they're, they're dead. Immediately, someone's dying. Okay, and they're crumbling. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so impressed by that effect watching oh. it this time around. Yeah. Well, I never watched it before. But mm. <laughs> as an adult watching that, I was like, wow, they that thing fell apart. That was really cool. Yeah. And, like, there's puppets in the shot moving around like normal. So it was like, it can't be, it can't be stop motion as far as I know because – that's really that's cool. One of their goals, like they wanted people to say, how did they do that? Yes. And they did yeah. mm-hmm. watching the movie. Yeah. Um, all the mystics, like, first of all, they're my favorite. I love the mystics, but they yes. look like they, they live in Eugene, Oregon, like mm-hmm. all of them. If you want to see like a modern day, what a, what a version of a mystic is just, yeah, you go to some person who's been living in Eugene, Oregon for the past 30 years and you'll see. Anyone listening from there, uh, you definitely got a Halloween costume idea going. Just practice being able to go like, I don't know, how do they do it? Uh, <laughs> I can't oh. do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Thank oh. you, Jim. That's really good. I, that's, it's just you all do it at once. That's... Oh. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So you just do that every now and then at a party and you're gold. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wear a big cloak and then uh, disappear into the light. Yeah, with purple sparkles all around. Mm -hmm. I I did find it funny that within like the first 10 minutes, actually within a two minute span, two seemingly very major characters die. Uh, One by falling apart, which was which as a child, I would have been like, well, that's upsetting. And then one disappearing. And I would have been like, oh, but I liked him. He says the prophecy to to Jen. Last minute, but yeah, sure. <laughs> they're they're meant to be like uh, you know, inextricably linked, right? So it's kind of like oh, the really? introduction of quantum entanglement uh, mm-hmm. into some of Jen Henson's world. Yeah, no, it uh the the Skeksis and the the mystics at, at the end of the movie. And yeah, what they are they combined, called? When right? they combined. Two are made one. The, the Earth Earth Earthsexes. I'll look yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so they're okay. they're linked, and and the storytelling at the top is like, now there are only ten Skeksis, and they one mm-hmm. of them is dying, and then they go to the Mystics, and there are only ten Mystics, and one of them is dying. Yeah, like, oh, no. so their stories are very balanced, right? So they kind of in classic storytelling, they're like, okay, they set up the world, everything is like, in in you know like this, this, just pattern of tutte bien like everything is good right and then introduce you know the dying of these things and there's your you know there's your inciting incident and jen goes off and 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 tries to repair the crystal yes and does it, it does so use well. the the nice uh the, it's a very nice fantasy uh cheat code to uh say this is a big wide world but it kind of was more like that, like a thousand years ago. Now, right. it's a dying world, and everything's everything's wasteland, uh, which is very like Lord. Of, that's very Lord of the Rings, where mm. the whole one of the big themes of that is um, 
the death of magic in that world. Right. right. Yeah. Thousand years is a really long time. So, I mean, yeah, I would say it looks drastically probably a little bit different in that time. <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings is a uh, is a story that's supposed to span like 3,000 years oh, or something like that. Yeah. I'm not uh I'm not a big expert. Yeah. Uh Kristen, you uh, are are you a big uh, fantasy fan? I am. I mean, I I don't know if I can really hang with people who uh you know, who know their Lord of the Rings, but like I loved the books. I loved the movies. I haven't reread the books in a while, but I'm not like a big movie rewatcher or a big book rereader. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, same. Yeah, but but I would reread those books. Um, really? Yeah, the the Lord of the Ring books. I I just That's I just challenge. like like them, you know, a lot. Um, and oh man, I, I I always tear up in the movies, like especially that moment between Frodo and Samwise when, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just like ah. Uh, it's uh, time. Uh, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And you're like, oh, their friendship is so deep. <laughs> I also cry during that part. Yeah. Sam is just the best. He, I think, is the hero of everything. I just, that's Sam what, has, um, yeah. That's what Tolkien said. Yeah. He's, he's the one that goes through the, the hero's journey because Frodo stays the same. Yeah. He, yeah. He gets a he gets a ring and then he kind of degrades because of the ring and then he throws it into the fire and then he's like, all right, I'm still me. Things are still going bad for me. Like he he changes all that. But Sam, he's just a lowly little uh, gardener and then he has to become brave. And by the end, he carries a he carries his friend uh, to throw the ring into the fire and he's killing orcs at everything. Yeah. That's why I think why I actually even though. Like I, I did enjoy the Lord of the Rings trilogy because we did all of the movies, including the animated ones, uh, what months upon months ago at this point, and I really, I liked the relationship between uh Gandalf and Bilbo Baggins. Martin, what's his name again? Oh, I almost said Martin Short. Um, Martin something starts with an S. Martin Freeman. But, nope. Start. You're right. Starts with an F. Uh. His scene with Gandalf, where afterwards they just have like a a battle. There was apparently like a, a speech that they had where Gandalf just said all this shit, and then Gandalf, was, uh, Sirian McKellen was just like, "Let's do the same thing, but I'm just gonna pack a pipe and smoke it, and kind of just be like, shit's crazy, right?" And just like a look, it's just a look, and that's what's in the movie. And I love, oh, I love that. That's one of my favorite things. Oh, there was. There is uh, an undoubtable comparison for me, having watched that recently for the first time and then watching this, I was like, oh, yes, Hero's Journey for days. But also, this is so pretty, like all the paintings in the background and like all the whoever did the uh, made all these little creature. Oh, I guess that would be what's his name again? Brian Froud. Yeah, his little oh, like oh. his little the little wondering uh wonder like crab creatures that like roamed around on the the ground uh and just like even the subtle like movements of stuff it had me absolutely being like how what did you do what was the mechanism to make this look like this because it was so pretty yeah for sure oh the like roly polies is wh- how i was seeing those yeah sure yeah that the thing you said about uh Ian McKellen is always an interesting thing for me because there's a kind of attitude when you watch things that you're like 
well, the actors just read the lines that the writer gives them. But like, that really shows the power of a good actor is they go, look, this speech really isn't going to do it. Packing a pipe is going to hit the emotion that you want it to. Yeah. 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 Or sometimes uh, I bet I bet this character, what's his name? Charlemagne? Char- Charmaine? Charlatan? What's his name? <laughs> oh, my God. It's on the tip of my tongue, y'all. Ugh. Oh God, that's gonna drive me nuts all uh, all all the way to the future, which it is right now, and I know the answer. So, anyways, speaking about knowing answers and such, what are some good podcasts that y'all should check out? Uh, here here's the answer. Smooth. <coughs> hey. Hey, the dishonorable widow Abigail will now speak. Attention all weirdos, losers, rednecks, white trash, aliens, outcasts, outliers, sluts, whores, gangsters, thugs, poors, and anyone else who the world and society don't care about. I have a podcast for you. Come join me at the Manic Pixie Weirdo where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships we have in our lives. From movies to math and suicide hotlines to sex. Join us every Saturday for a new episode featuring yours truly and other smarter folk. We need you and we want you with us. So come join us at the Manic Pixie Weirdo where we accept, respect, and value you. Listen on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh yeah, be kind and stay weird. Since the dawn of time, humans have been desperate for connection. Then we realized we could solicit strangers through the Sunday paper. You've heard of Craigslist Personals? Just imagine the pining and thirst from lonely queers searching for love. Join me, Haley, and my array of guests as we read, drag, and rate personal ads from the 1970s through today. If you love gay yearning, you'll love Q4Q, the queer personal ads podcast. Alrighty, folks, uh, we're going to be trying something new this week. Our Captain's Log tier is actually going to come with the opportunity to share thoughts on the film. Whoa, that's kind of cool. So, our Captain's Log tier member, Crimson, has shared a few thoughts on the Dark Crystal, and I would like to relay them back to you. Does that sound cool? Cool. I'm going to assume you said cool. If you didn't say cool, I'm really sorry, and just message me after the show. A long review. A dark fantasy film from Jim Henson featuring elaborately designed and operated puppets, beautiful settings, and fascinating world building. It was fun to make connections with the different creatures as the film progressed. The life essence draining machine sequences verge on nightmare fuel. Relatively straightforward heroes plot and characters, but very entertaining film. Definitely interested in how the lore is expanded in the 2019 miniseries. The short review. That's pretty good. Got a little weird at the end, but it's pretty close. Yeah. I like both. Um, I think they're both valid. Anyways, let's get back to the show, everybody. What's his name? Charlemagne? Char- Charmaine? Charlatan? What's his name? Charmander? What is it? Charmander? I think it's Charmander, yeah. What is it, Jim? Do you remember what it is? Uh, what, what character are you talking about? The... The... Char- the, the, the Skepsis, uh, Charlemagne. Char- oh, yeah, yeah. Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Thank you so much. Oh, we got there. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, they don't have names. They're just the Skepsis. No. Yeah, there was one with a name. For me, I could have just heard, like, forever just a, mm, and I really hope they had oh. lines. I, I hope that there was particularly line. I just sounded like Yoda, which is very much so what it sound, r- reminded yes. me of. But 
for sure. Well, Frank Oz. Played by the same. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the exact same person. So that's a fucking ripoff. But if you know what, Howie Mandel can do it for Muppet Babies and uh, Gizmo, then why can't you know Frank Oz double dip? Um, right, for sure. <laughs> actually, no. I think I looked this up. I think someone uh, Frank Oz did uh, the Agra, Ara. I can't even say it. The uh, 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 yeah, Agra. That was Frank yeah, Oz, yeah. but somebody else did Chamberlain. Um, but I think no. they definitely. No, I will Google this. Maybe performed my by Frank Oz, but there was someone else who voiced uh, the Chamberlain. That's what it was. So yeah, so the 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 the, <clears throat> the sound effect though. I mean, come on now. That's basically the exact same thing. Um, but yeah. Well, it would have been the exact same time period. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely digging the, uh, the like random little little dog fizzy wig thing. Fizz, oh yeah, yeah. F- fizzy gig, fizz gig, fizz gig. They're actually speaking um, Gelfling or, or no wait pod. What are the little pod people? So they're Podlings? podlings. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 when like, I heard it, it sounded like a non-binary word. I immediately started laughing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something someone would be like, oh yeah, I'll have them call you their podling. I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because because of nibbling and sibling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're podling. <laughs> oh God, no. Uh, I, uh, they, they have their own language, uh, mm-hmm. the podlings, and, and uh, the person who wrote the language for the podlings, like got all serious about it. The same way like Klingon and Elvish is like a real language. Somebody yes. somebody dug real deep for that podling language. It's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I'm a geek and I did find out about this. It contains several Croatian, uh, Serbian and Bosnian words. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's like Dobro, Doji, they're not, uh, yeah, I, I think they're supposed to be things for like, who are you? Where are you from? And stuff like that. But it's, yeah, it's amazing. I love it when people go that, like, that deep uh, to build yeah. a world. That's so under, probably underappreciated as a child when we saw, like, saw that. But I'm glad to be like an adult being like, holy crap, this must have taken so much work. And they did it for, well, I think they did it in like 15, 20 mil. So good job. <laughs> So I feel like that's that's like one of the things that makes this like a real cult like classic. So so like the fact that somebody went to that trouble to make these languages and then like all these just this whole big world that they create and and all these just really bizarre like super bizarre creatures that are in this movie. Like I yeah. Um, everybody talks about how scary the the Skeksis are. Mm-mm, They're just yeah. like these giant turkey, like vulture looking things. But I think the um, I forget what they're called, but like the soldier army. Garthams. Yeah, I wrote that down because I said that that was when you said uh, the, you know, Jen was jarring. I, these are the scariest things. You know, I shut it off at the birds as a kid. As an adult, I wanted to shut it off at these things. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, like giant crab beetle. Like, no, that's, yeah, exactly. Crabs, I was like, yeah, like, no. Um, and it's giving me real, me. like, um, you know, the Wizard of Oz feels too when like, they like, send out the the flying monkeys who are also terrifying to me as a kid. Yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, uh, they're, yeah. yeah, they're like, go get, get the Gelfling. It must not live, you know, and Ugh. yeah it's, yeah i i don't know the movie is just like I, there are some people who are just diehard fans for this for this movie and i guess i count myself amongst them i always i always get worried though that i'll be accused of being like a a poser uh because i'm like <laughs> i don't know i can't remember the name of the the, the creatures <laughs> like 
<laughs> I mean, you could just geek out about stuff and not have to learn every little thing about it. There's, I have plenty of stuff underneath that category. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I immediately yeah. feel... No more gatekeeping uh, on things that people love and how much you need to love it in order to be counted a fan, right? Like, Yeah, it's it's so hard to find things we love. Like, let me let me have this. Don't let, Just because you know it better than me doesn't mean I don't love it just as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm grateful that there's not much of a focus for you nor I to actually be heavily critics on movies because, like, I just love watching movies. I don't give a shit about how much I like. I don't really think I give a shit about your, no offense, Jim, your opinion on movies that much. Like, that's not why I'm doing this. And I don't think you give a shit about what my opinion is. Like, I barely give a shit about what my opinions are. I, I, we care about, like, finding out what our guest relationship is and also just, like, the other random shit that this uh, stuff brings up because every now and then, you know, thank you, like Tremors 5, you're like, oh, I do need to talk about Jamie Kennedy out of nowhere because I haven't been in my life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I do it. It's not for the, it's not for my hot takes on movies. Although I will say every now and then something like this comes along and I'm like, yay, because there's so much shit that we've watched and I'm just like, I have to give how many minutes to this? This was not one of them. I watched this the whole time and was like, I'm in. (laughs) I, I just feel like Jim Henson's like happy place as like an as a visionary is creating like uh, jungles and forests full of like little moving like creatures and yeah. sure. and and eddies that like flow through them and big giant creatures that live under the water that rise to the surface <laughs> like that's just like all this movie is is like going through these crazy um, landscapes that. That that the you know the the art, the art uh, department creates. Oh, and I wanted to mention like those freaking weird ass things that they ride to get to. Yes, the- I also didn't like them oh, either. Yeah, they're like grasshopper legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like bunny rabbits I, with grasshopper legs. But with like little like I thought of them as tauntauns. Yeah, yeah, yeah with like they squid look like faces. Tauntauns are chicken walkers from Star Wars. Yeah, uh, like, uh, it looks like they repurposed them. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, not a fan. Not a fan of those. Yeah, they, they were they were they're kind of disturbing, and then one of them dies. Like, oh. Oh yeah, that was rough. Uh, there was a couple moments where I was just like, no, you do not kill that character. When they killed uh, Fizz Gig, I was like, no, yeah. no. It's yeah. I stood up. I was upset. <laughs> I yelled at my TV. Uh, I was like, not okay. Uh, so that was that was good that they brought. Spoiler, everybody, if you haven't watched this movie, the 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 dog-like creature lives. Like, <laughs> Good. Yeah, right? No, I'll, I'll let that be spoiled. I got a quote from Jim Henson when on this subject, which is just that it's unhealthy for children to not be afraid. It was a general thing that he felt, and I love that he said that. That's why, uh, like, I guess this was, he wanted it to be, like, in a, like kind of more like Brothers Grimm fairy tales kind of vibe. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean... He he just supported fear as a healthy emotion for children to work with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to learn how to deal with all of our emotions, right? Like you get told mm-hmm. all the time, like as somebody who works with kids that on occasion, like, like, oh, you know, like stay away from like all the dark stuff. And I'm like, kids naturally go there. Yeah. Like that's what they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Like they're trying to figure out like even the ending to a story, they don't they might not necessarily know how to resolve an ending. So they'll just kill people off like in their stories, kids, like they're, they're a bit, but, but to them, it's not like a cruel thing that's full of malice or evil. They're just like, and then he died, you know, like, it's yep. like, cause they don't know how to end it otherwise. So yeah, they love kids naturally love dealing with darker themes and sorting them out, you know? Um, a quick aside to that. I one time went to uh, see Middleditch and Schwartz. 
and they created too many characters for their show so by the end they were just killing them off and <laughs> one of them was just like ah hey i brought in these shirts oh and then they exploded because <laughs> they're like okay that that character's gone <laughs> good 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 um but what i was gonna say was a lot of child psychologists talk about how the uh movies and tv are, and media are a very great way to for kids to experience fear in a very safe place because a movie can't hurt a child so yeah. they get to experience that and then go oh okay this is an emotion i have and this is how i like can get through this emotion and if it happens in real life i can uh i can I utilize it right right versus if they experience in the real world then they're like uh i've never seen this before yeah that's cool this whole podcast is breaking me down jim i've talked about watching scream through the reflection of a microwave through this entire like for the last year and a half like a bunch of times I did not push through a lot of scary things. Are You Afraid of the Dark was like pushing my limits and that was really fucked up sometimes even. Um, Are You Under the... Or like What's Under the Bed or something like that. Uh, That scary boogeyman movie I was telling you about, Jim, on Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. Don't Look Under the Bed. Yeah, that one. So like like I pushed the limits a little bit, but yeah, apparently birds like this didn't like just cut the limit. I'm surprised I even watched Care Bears after as an adult recently watching the first episode and it being like, yeah, there's a man in the mountain. He's kidding, kidnapping all the bears. Like I was like, Jesus. <laughs> um, I even it's was like, like Chitty when Chitty I, Bang Bang. I mean, it, when you get halfway through Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you're like, the bad guy is just a kidnapper. Like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, in this, too, you're just like, uh, I mean. Jim Henson's being real. He's not holding punches. He's like, yeah, there's slaves in this because slaves are real. Hello, kids. Like, you can know about reality. Like, this is something that humans have done. And they're just like, okay, kids movie. I was like, that's that's a that's a choice. Um, I wrote that in my notes. Uh, I was like, oh, I guess Dark Crystal's going to ta- tackle slavery now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they solved it. It was just like, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Real that's quick. That's pretty much all you need to know. Like, a real quick, yeah. real quick take on it. Yeah. I appreciated that. We don't need much more nuance than that. <laughs> I uh, I did some digging about the the piblings. They were very kind to the the nibri, is I think what they were called. Those like slug like little like I don't know, worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beings, yeah. I don't know. They were nice, but the the best transition I saw in this movie, I like it made me so happy was the like the from the the dead to alive one. Oh right. Like the skeptics were eating them and uh, the piblings were just like playing with them. And you're like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, like there was some really like intentional choices this movie did with like the way that they cut. And uh, I don't know, I, I don't normally geek out over films that much, but I found so much to geek out and be like find enjoyable while watching this. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like I, I, I did a rewatch of it and I was surprised at how much like I. I hung in there because like, even though I love like the world and like, I have this connection through my aunt to this movie and she loved it. And so if my aunt loved it, I was going to love it, you know, Mm -hmm. as a kid, Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I could see how this could not be some people's cup of tea because I, yeah, I don't know. Like the pacing of it is a little weird. It's a lot, but, but like, I don't know, like, if you're intrigued at all, like just give it a watch and just see how they were doing things back in 82. Like, Oh, you mean <laughs> to make, 40, like, 40 years ago? Like when yeah. people are being critics are like, Oh, you know, the movie they made 40 years ago that looks this fucking cool. Yeah. yeah chill out. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah there was just a weird thing. There's a lot of narration at the top, which as a kid, if I had watched that, I'd been like, 
I'm just looking at these pretty pictures. Like, I don't need to hear all this talking <laughs> stuff right now. Uh, so I wouldn't have paid attention, and I would have been very, very confused at a child as a child, and I probably would have been scared. But I also probably this definitely would have been a thing I would have watched one thousand times as a kid because of how pretty all the pictures were for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool movie. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. appreciate that it just came about out of like the combination of someone just being having really gnarly drawings being found by Jim Henson and Jim Henson, uh, I guess, writing this apparently on like note paper and shit, like in a hotel with his daughter, which I love. I think that's great. Is, I'm sorry to interrupt that thought. That's so. No, you're good. That's the end of that. That's the end of that thought. I I just was wondering like what is like this. Uh, this decade's like dark crystal like what is the, the movie that like in in 40 years like everybody's gonna be like oh man i watched that as a kid and it was you know it was weird but it was definitely offbeat enough that it was super cool i have no idea i really but- hope it's not sharknado i really hope it's not. <laughs> i'd be really upset if everyone's like that's the one um no i right, don't because, know yeah yeah, I don't know, like, right now. I, I'm saying this right now, and I'm realizing this was eight years ago, but uh, there was Over the Garden Wall, which was a big one for a lot of people, because that's a, it's a little, it's a little weird. It's very well written. It's very, it's a little, it's very creepy. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's definitely for children, uh, like, creepy for children kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it quite fits the bill of Dark Crystal, because Dark Crystal has a very, like, this is weird. I don't. The guy's drinking something now. He's young. Okay. Okay. And now I'm a into pup, it. A puppets bleeding. Like, yeah. like okay. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. What if it's like Stranger Things, but then Stranger Things is like set in the 80s or set in the. Yeah. Like. I like that. It's double. Yeah. It's double dipping again. I, I actually think you're right and you're onto something, which I think it's going to be series because those are the things that are sticking with us right now. I don't think movies are trying that hard. Like they're just like, yeah, just get in the seats. Like yeah. just come for that. And then series are like, all right, we got to get like five seasons out of this. We better fucking kick ass. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and they do. There's a, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying mm-hmm. series more than movies these days. That's for sure. That Sandman. Oh, you guys watch it. Oh, it's... oh, I haven't watched it yet. I've been meaning to. Jim, let's drop this movie podcast for like a let's go watch shows podcast. Basically, let's copy that. You know, watching it and do their podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I've been meaning to watch Sandman for. I saw it come out and, uh, and I was like. I didn't even know they made it uh made something based off those comic books. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean I, have, I definitely enjoy it. Have you seen the did you watch any of the Dark Crystal, the show from twenty nineteen? The age of what have you? No? No, I did okay. not. I think the respectable thing for Jim and I to do is definitely watch it. I don't know if we need to do an episode on it, but I need to, I think, at this point. I feel bad because they did like a big like the making of and it only it only did 10 episodes because I don't think people were into it. Oh, no. In the making of like they were like, we're diving into Jim Henson's world. It's going to be incredible. Like <laughs> Everybody loves this movie. We've gathered the best artists, the best people. And then and it's like, yep, 10, 10 like, and then they gave up you, on it. You did a thing. Yep. You came in. You did it. It is the world. You brought the world back. That is. I think it, it comes from the fact that it's not a very marketable movie yeah. uh, and franchise in general. It's not <laughs> it's very it's very difficult to be like, you check this out. Like 
it's okay. It's it's a high fantasy uh my puppet movie uh with all this stuff going on you gotta trust me it's really really good and, and you get a lot of people being like all right yeah maybe i'll check it out yeah they tried to do an animated series and could never make it work um uh, yep that's a bummer yeah because it was the puppets and they they in in the remake they tried to combine like cgi for the gelfling and the mm-hmm. puppets for everybody else so they just kept going no we just want to watch the puppets like we don't want to watch cgi like when CGI is like on screen with something, you know, real, you know, it's uh, <laughs> no matter how good it gets, it's like uh, it, it just didn't work. Or at least that's how they talked about it in the making of like that's where they eventually landed on real puppets for everything. Mm-hmm. And then CGI tweaks to like make the puppets blink or oh, okay. like, yeah, move, move their mouth a little I'll deal bit with that compromise. Yeah. Yeah. To show a little bit more emotion because people get a little bit pissed when puppets can't show enough emotion, even though the Muppets kill it <laughs> in oh general. God. Yeah. I don't know. I think they do oh, yeah. just fine. I said that last time. They've, 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 a lot of them have stagnant eyes and they still have so much emotion. Yeah. I, I do mean, less is the lesson there. I mean, I, I, I think one of the most expressive characters in Star Wars is R2-D2. Yep. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beeps and you know exactly what he's saying and how he feels <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i mean ever, same thing that's why they did a good job with bb8 i was like all right they did it again good job they just make little characters that you're like all right cool i don't need to hear like i hear you i don't need to hear you or i don't need to understand you but i hear you yeah. little being yeah it's it's very like silent like if you ever watch like charlie chaplin movies he put a lot a lot of care into making sure everyone knows what's going across what's going on right now and we don't need to put words in here you just know that he likes this girl and she's rejecting him let's figure that out and it's very very interesting to watch those like yeah like, watch the way that they communicate without anything mm. yeah it's awesome yeah yeah I- something i realized uh is that I need, I think I, when I see puppets, I need their mouths to move. I saw, and if you're listening, uh, uh, I don't know their names, actually. I saw people uh, perform a show here uh, in Minneapolis where they use, uh, it's like a puppet show, but at times they just use things like dinosaur, like action figures. And I was like, no, the, their mouths are moving. Now I'm just looking at your hand. That's all I could see is you holding a toy. No, what's happening? I'm out of the show. And it was so jarring for me as like a coming to see puppets. I don't it's know. Either it was, that or you shake them in a certain way. Yeah, you, you can shake them too. And I, I don't know why, but my, I guess I'm just, my brain can't handle it. It just, it, it just needs the mouths to move at least a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The, the puppetry in, in this, like, if you go back and really watch the movie, you can see like parts of the Skeksis, like throat, like moving because oh. they're breathing. Yeah. 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 It's, oh, jeez. It's insane, like how how good, like how alive they make they make. Uh, uh, you know, even though they're kind of like stodgy actual like material, they mm-hmm. they, they they each have personalities, and it's like ah, you're they move in such a distinct way. It's good puppetry. Yeah, I this is a hard concept to get across, but like I don't know much about puppetry. I had a friend in in Philly who was an incredible puppeteer, Rob Cutler, who. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's back in Philly or where he is now, but um, he taught uh, us puppets uh, in a workshop once. And the it's a hard concept to translate, like just uh, on, you know, with with voices. But like the brain case of the puppet 
usually moves when you're an inexperienced puppeteer. Mm -hmm. And what you want to do is actually have the jaw move. Uh, okay. it's, oh. it's much better than like moving the, the head or yeah. the top part of the skull. Cause that's not what actually moves when somebody talks. <laughs> right. Your head doesn't bop open, you know, like yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch the Muppets, it's actually their jaw like coming out and, yeah. and and, and that's what makes it unless of course you have that moment in, when they're extreme emotional and they throw their head back and they they scream but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean the it, it just everyone used kermit's mouth as a visual aid for this because that's exactly what i'm thinking of is kermit's yeah they're uh uh why am i forgetting his name sw um the guy who does the voice for him steve whitmire she Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. getting the names finally after like watching eight of these movies uh, or nine of these movies. Uh, does such a great job, particularly in like uh, Muppets Most Wanted with Chameleon, um, uh, Charmander. I'll go Charmander again. What was the name of that other <laughs> frog? Uh, Chamberlain. Yeah, Chamberlain. Yeah, God damn it. All these all these names. Uh, so good with just the, the, the different variation of the way they move their mouth. I give a lot of uh, credit to puppeteers for that. It's it's something that I, I wish I had taken a class on. You know what? I still can. I'm going to take a puppet class, y'all. I'm going to do it. Do it. Go yeah. for it. It's impressive. People, the way they can pull this stuff off. Speaking of puppets, um, even though we're not talking about puppets, Jim, are we going to do the same thing? I, I was going to say, is it time for, to, for a wrap up? Yeah, I think we're yep. at ourselves uh, a final note. If you have uh, a thing or two, you want to make sure you're like, oh, my God, we didn't get to talk about that. You can start with yourself. Uh, and then, Jim, if you have one, go for it. And I'll wrap us up with my nonsense. Awesome. Um, I have the, the flute that he uses. He, uh, Jen uses it throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminded me of, it reminded me of, I don't know if either of you have seen that, uh, that vine, the John Cena vine where he puts two recorders in his nose and plays the John, the John Cena theme song, but that's nice. how I felt like about that. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. That was really cute. I did like that. I want one. Nice. Yeah. That was what I had. That's your, that. that's your note. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, Kristen, do you have a, do you have a note for the film? Um, oh, my, my note for the film is that the shard of the crystal that breaks off from the big dark crystal should actually fit the hole. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah, that was a choice they made. That was a, that was a yeah. choice they made not to do that. Like, it should sink in. Like, that should be a moment. And it's just not a moment in the film. <laughs> it's, it's the whole it's the whole crux. That's what the whole journey is. And they're like, yeah, there you go. That's fine. Yeah. Here you go. Just throw it in. I mean, they give it away in the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer before watching this, and I'm grateful I didn't because I was just like, I watched the trailer after. I was like, wow, they told you the whole movie in the trailer. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm really glad I went in and was just like, what is this movie? Because <laughs> it's just nonsense. I have uh, just a couple fun things. One of the things that made me, uh, that hit me was Kira saying, what's writing? And Jen going, words that stay. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh, I was like, yeah. that's good writing. That made me. Uh, I have that. Those are lines I liked. Uh, questions, questions, too many questions. I liked that. Uh, lines I didn't like. From Agra, yeah. I want to drain your living essence. Nope. <laughs> didn't like that. Didn't like them chanting drain her either. That was uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Um, I, I love. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jim. I had a weird note. I found it weird that they gave Agra nipples. Sure. It was. Yeah. It was a strange thing. I. I was because I was like, oh, Agra's an interesting person. Wait a second. 
Every time she goes to sit down, it's super weird. She's like, kids got to know about like nipples. Okay. They got to get, this is where they just needed the, that's a detail. They were just like, <laughs> I'm mandatory. Need it in the film. They're like, fine, go for it. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that uh, there was two back-to-back lines and I'm sure you all caught it where uh, Jen just had like a, a moment to himself and you're like okay it was i'm not ready to go alone and then immediately went all right alone then <laughs> like <laughs> just what a what a journey for their uh like their head for just a quick second they're like not ready all right i guess i gotta do it yeah and, then, and c- also c- he, later he, he says together then with um oh. with uh, kira yeah it's so corny. <laughs> it's great. I think this movie is the right amount of corn. Um, and then I, the last thing I have is I think the scariest part of this movie is when they got entangled by ramen. And that's the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would like that. That was that was good. Uh, yeah. Everything was alive in this movie. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm so here for it. Um, speaking of being alive, isn't it great to be alive? It's a good segue. It's fine. Yeah. Um, do you, I liked it. Do you have, do you have any things that you are excited that are, uh, alive that you want to bring life to, um, give a little love to, whether they be your, uh, endeavors in creative, uh, projects or others? Yeah. Um, so I think I may have said it the last time we worked on a podcast together, but, mm-hmm. um, kickstand comedy, if you're ever out here in Portland, Oregon, yeah. Oh, yeah, really yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, like kind of inclusive punk comedy vibe. And uh, I love it. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to throw to them. Heck yeah. I was just in Portland, too. And I was like, I really want to go see. I really want to go to a kickstand. And I just had did not have time to do it. I felt so bad. So, everybody, don't be uh, a failure like Jim. Get your shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And don't do have right. regrets like me. Go, go to kickstand comedy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, once again, thank you very much for coming and talking about this movie. It was a delight. It was a delight. Um, yeah, thank you. This was great. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Jim, I love you very much. We're going to be back next week uh, with another episode on Labyrinth because we were like, why would we stop doing episodes on, uh, you know, Jim Henson's work? Uh, yeah. So that'll be fucking awesome. We're going to be collaborating with I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You uh, podcast. So that should be fun. They are uh, two queer millennials with ADHD, um, basically going through all that shit that we pretend we're, we are aware of and that we know about. And they're just like, yeah, we're actually going to go watch it and learn about it now as adults. <laughs> so I figured perfect for Labyrinth because uh, I've also never seen it. So yeah, come back, folks. Let's see what I think about this movie that I should have seen at least 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, y'all awesome. are great. Appreciate y'all. Great. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I just blew a kiss to the audience. I hope they like it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.